of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. to the Rich Keep Show with Fitzy here on WEEI. It's a full tang program here on this fine Wednesday night. You can join us at 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keep Show. Before we get to some Would You Rather Wednesday questions, let's go back to the horn. We got uh, Kevin in Middleborough. He will lead off this hour. What's up, Kevin? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing great. Like the show. Thank you. Um, I think... We should. We've already learned that if we go to the draft for a quarterback, it doesn't seem to work out too often in the high round. So, I think we should go hard for Baker Mayfield, get the Marvin Harrison Jr., get an offensive lineman, and you know keep Belichick. And let's see what we can do with a quarterback that you know actually has a brain. You know. So I like Baker Mayfield. I love Marvin Harrison Jr. And I used to love Bill Belichick. Like, I don't know <laughs> why people want Bill Belichick back unless it's just the he won six Super Bowls, which is great. But then at that point, like, let's bring back Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and Deion Branch and Ty Law and Richard Seymour. And like, I don't I don't really get it. And if anything, Bill Belichick is the one that has taught us as fans not to hold on too long. He got rid of multiple Hall of Famers who still had a lot left in the tank in his career. Brady and Gronk won Super Bowls. Richard Seymour was still a pro bowler. Ty Law led the league in picks. Like, he got rid of all those guys, and they still had so much game left to go. And so I don't understand why fans now don't hold it the same way towards Bill as he was doing for the last 24 years. Like, it's it's honestly crazy to me. I don't really understand that part of it. Yeah, and and listen, and we'll get into this a little bit later as well now, but there's this groundswell, there's this uprising in Patriot fandom, in Pat's nation of like, great, because we need another civil war amongst the fans of, (laughs) you know, if if you're an ingrate towards Bill Belichick, if you say Bill Belichick shouldn't be back and be able to leave whenever he damn well feels fit, then obviously you're no Patriots oh, fan. Shame on you. There's been a lot of civil wars now that you bring it up. There was the whole Tom Brady thing. Then the Cam Newton there even was like a mini one. Mac Jones has been like an ongoing one. And now, yeah, Bill Belichick's future. I also love how he's like, don't draft a quarterback. That's a bust. And then he's like, go get a guy that was the former number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And so people are just, I guess, so afraid of drafting a quarterback that's a bust that you just never do it. Like, that's tough. Like, I don't know what team has had prolonged success without that quarterback being drafted by the team. Like, am I missing one off the top of my head? Like None that I can think of. You know, like, Peyton Manning got that one Super Bowl with Denver, and, like, he was sort of that hired gun, just like Tom Brady with the Bucks, like Matt Stafford with the uh, Rams, and, like, what the Jets were hoping for with Aaron Rodgers. But Peyton Manning won his first Super Bowl with the team that drafted him number one. Aaron Rodgers won his first Super Bowl, the team that drafted him in the first round. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and this year would be a lot different than 2021. They drafted the fifth quarterback in that draft with Mac Jones. There are four guys off the board, and I know those four guys aren't all amazing quarterbacks, but Patriots took what was left over, whereas this year they might get the number one pick, or if not, uh-huh. they get the number two pick, and they could pick, uh, you know, they, they might have their choice of quarterbacks, or who knows, it could be like a Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud thing. 
where maybe they like Caleb Williams a lot or, or and you know he goes number one, they take Drake May, and maybe Drake May's better. Like that also could be a possibility. Yeah, I did like what was the name of the caller who said let's sign let's draft Marvin Harrison Jr., pair him up with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, the last guy. Just, yeah, yeah, I think it was yeah, uh I, Kevin. Okay. I all about that. I mean I But I, even the you, Belichick I think part, you and not I the were Belichick two of the only part. guys that thought that um I'd be fine with Belichick back there as well as oh, if he had a veteran no quarterback. Because uh, one thing I'll push back on you, because you say that the GM hurt the coach, which that part I agree with, but I don't think the mm-hmm. coach is this big advantage on a week-win and week-out basis anymore like he used to be. Like, the there's just the fourth quarter last Sunday. I was, that was bad. He could quit. He quit. Like, what? I, I thought if anybody was going for wins, it'd be the guy going after the wins record, and yet... He, by all accounts, just wanted to keep the game close. So, and I don't know, like, he invests so much in special teams, and the special teams has blown for three or four or five years now. Uh, the offense, like, hey, look, you're the head coach. Even though you're a defensive specialty, your offense has been trashed three of the last four years. Like, you oversee that. So, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's this great head coach. I'm not disparaging anything he did for 20 years. But I think living in the now, I don't think he's a great coach anymore. So, why are – okay. Then let's ask this. Are all these people from Aaron Rodgers to uh, Andy Reid, everyone who is paying Belichick his due deference and flowers these days, are they all doing that based on reputation, or is it because they're seeing something in the game plan or the the way that this team that is severely undermanned talent-wise is performing that makes them say, oh, I I mean, Bill Belichick, he's he's the greatest ever dude. He's still still great. I don't see it. What are we missing? What are they seeing? I think they're just being really respectful. Like, I think they look at how much he has accomplished in the league, how much more he's accomplished than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so they still hold that up. Plus, I think there is a little bit of, like, that wrestling philosophy where you should always put over your opponent because then when you beat them, you look better. If you're like, yeah, that guy's lost his fastball. It's like, well, then why don't you beat him by more than 10? You know, like, I think... I think Andy Reid, and Andy Reid's one of the coaches in the league that has always liked Bill and has always gotten along with Bill. Not every coach does. Yep. I mean, they always make their little cute seventh-round slap yeah. and tickle trades. I don't think, like, Rex Ryan on TV, for example, has been saying many great things about uh, the Patriots and everything else. Like, there are plenty of guys that are going the counter and are going all in on, like, it was always Brady and it was only Brady, right? Like, there's a lot of guys doing that. But in the league, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's... There's not a ton of, like, bulletin board material year in and year out. Like, you need Jalen Ramsey to have, like, a sit-down interview and, like, rip every quarterback to really get players who are still in the game ripping other players who are still in the game or coaches or, or whatever else. Uh, let's go to Charlie in Newburyport. He's next up on the Pats. What do you got, Charlie? Hey, hey. hey. Ethan Fitzy, how you guys doing? Doing great. What's up, Charlie? So, so I have a theory on the Pats that I think explains everything. And what it is is that – Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick struck a deal where Belichick gets bonuses for keeping the salaries low. Here's an example. DeAndre Hopkins comes to town and he says, I want $20 million. And Bill is thinking, you know what? I'm going to. Oh, that was a cliffhanger. That would be. Wow. And then oh, he's back. You know, let's just say he gets, he gets a 10% bonus. Okay. He gets a 10% right. bonus. So let me, let me finish my example. He gets a 10% bonus. So Bill Belichick yeah. gets a million dollars. Robert Kraft saves $9 million. And if you've got Tom Brady at quarterback, you can win Super Bowls with uh, UPS drivers on the, on the offensive line, right? Or on the, you know, playing wideout. 
So, so I think that, you know, that explains a lot. They're at, what, 27th or something like that, or 30th or something. I don't know what the number is on overall salary. And I think that... Well, I mean, that's a, that's a theory. Like, I love a Keith Spiracy. We'll never mm-hmm. turn down a Keith Spiracy theory. I wonder if it's got more to do, like, less to do with money, because he's already the highest paid coach in the league, and he, by all accounts, has been the highest paid coach in the league for such a long time. But is there something about, like, the credit? Like, I know, like, they'll they'll always say... Uh, like the right things in the post game, but you know, if Bill Belichick is winning Super Bowls, especially in the early two thousands, with a sixth round pick quarterback, well, you look like the biggest genius that there ever was, right? Like, and then as it sort of emerges, all right, well, now he's just like the greatest player of all time and whatever else. But I think part of moving on from Brady was sort of that challenge or sort of that goal of winning without him, and like really setting the record straight. Like, I think it might have more to do with ego than like bank account. I, I. I, for the life of me, actually can't still understand why. Because for everyone who wants to say, like, come on, you know, Brady had already made up his mind. He wanted out. Like, Brady would have stayed if he were offered the Drew Brees deal right. of $25 million a season for two, three, four years and finished his career happily. No championship in Tampa. No thrown to Mike Evans. No sunny shores. No weird comments <laughs> about New England. Nothing. It would have finished. So, obviously, there was something between the Guerreroing and Brady's star elevating, oh God, yeah. maybe demand. I don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe it was Belichick and the his infamous line about nobody should be paid more than the head coach. Yeah, which he, uttered, which he was, I was quoted on. I believe if I, I I'm paraphrasing, but I believe it was something along those lines back in the Cleveland days as well. I don't know. It's Whatever really strange. The decision was. Like for a guy who who coached the greatest quarterback ever. He was the D coordinator for maybe the greatest defensive player of all time, greatest uh, tight end of all time, one of the greatest kickers of all time. Like, he's been around some insane talent. It does seem like more often than not, he thinks, and I guess it's good to have a lot of confidence in yourself, but he feels like he can coach him up, like take a bunch of average guys, coach him up, and then that's going to result in wins. And I feel like now more than ever, that's really not the case. Like now more than ever, because the way the game is officiated, the way the rules are sort of put in place, you just need, you need the stud wide out, the stud wide receivers, and kind of go from there. Well, okay, so this is something that was slated for the old grab bag later on, but it kind of does pertain to talking about Bill Belichick and the value he continues to bring now versus what he used to be or the way he coached 20 years ago. But there's that story now with the quotes from Trent Brown going around today about how mad he was that Malik Cunningham was signed away by the Ravens and how many other guys in the locker room were. Uh, so I, this girl, Sophie Weller, um, she had, after Malik Cunningham was signed by the Ravens, Trent Brown sent a strong message on social media. Today he spoke with me exclusively about the post. The question to him was, do you feel that Malik Cunningham should have gotten a chance this season? Quote, absolutely everybody on the team did. So <laughs> there's everybody there's on the team. Yeah, yeah. The whole team, the like, whole team, apparently we know we need to yeah. versus like, no, he doesn't fit my mold of a quarterback. Like, are we going to see if Bill Belichick sticks around? I'm just asking a question. If Bill Belichick sticks around, are we going to see more clashes like this between the players? You can't have the inmates run the asylum, but at the same time, Bill has to adapt and evolve. Uh, are we going to see clashes between coach and team like this? Yeah, more and more popped up this year, it feels like. And not that he wasn't without a few guys. Like, you know, the Michael Bennett stuff didn't go great here, and he had stuff to say. Adalus Thomas famously said stuff here, and like yeah. they would move on, and they would still win because, I don't know, you had a certain quarterback. Now, uh, a little bit different. So, yeah, that that one is uh, pretty interesting. And, you know, say what you want about Bailey Zappi's performances over the last three weeks, but 
you know, that spark that he had against Pittsburgh and then the first half against Kansas City, one of the things that popped in my head was like, they stuck with Mac Jones as the starter for 11 straight weeks. So you can only imagine what the guys in the locker room were thinking when they're like, can we give somebody else a crack at it, whether it be Zappi or Malik Cunningham? And I'm sure he had friends. Like, there was a lot of response on, like, Instagram and stuff when Malik Cunningham got uh, picked up by the Ravens. So there were definitely mm-hmm. guys who wanted to see change. Uh, let's go to Pete in New Hampshire. What's going on, Pete? How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Hey. Love the show, first-time caller. Thank you. So, obviously, I think the coaching thing resolves itself. Belichick should be gone, clean start, coach, GM. I'm already there. I have, however, I am very nervous about them having the top pick because I see a lot of weaknesses in both of the top two quarterbacks. Drake May, you read a little bit about him, has the size, has the arm, but struggles to read defenses and to get off his first read. That scares me for a top two or three pick guy. And then just the mental makeup of, of Williams really worries me. Plus, he's kind of just a throw-it-around-the-yard type of a guy. And those guys tend to struggle in the NFL with windows getting a lot narrower and the defenses get more complex. So what I would like the Patriots to do is to trade down. Find somebody. There's only a couple people that have two first-round picks or multiple second-round picks. Find someone, go back 5, 8, 10, 12 spots. Try to get the, um, the LSU quarterback. Um, I'm a little worried about a slight build. The guy I'm really enamored of is Bo Nix because I think mm. he is what the modern NFL quarterback has become um, in terms of his ability to throw the, the very – got a quick release, fast pass, big arm. He's mobile. He can do the RPO, but he's not meant to run because I think this team has so many holes, so many holes. They need more shots in the draft right now to fill them. And, yes, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. looks awesome. Best wide receivers in the game touch the ball 10 times a game. The best quarterbacks touch it 60 and throw it 40. And so we just need to find that quarterback for the Patriots. All right, Pete, thanks for the call. Listen, you, know, call. you already sell me on Bo, Bo Nix. I like Bo Nix. I know he's like 100 years old. He and Penix have been in college for <laughs> forever, right? But so is Malik Cunningham, and so were a lot of guys the Patriots have drafted recently. They've gotten a lot of old guys. There's going to be more and more old guys coming out with like the COVID year and red shirt mm-hmm. years and everything else. Um but, yeah, I still think it's tough. Like, if you have the first or second pick in a year where Caleb Williams and Drake May were the consensus top two picks all year and you pass up on those guys and one of them ends up being Joe Burrow or one of them ends up being, like, an elite-type quarterback, mm-hmm. you're killing yourself. This isn't the Kenny Pickett-Desmond Ritter year where you're like, I don't need the – you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to overdraft those guys. This is a quarterback year, so I would still go – with the QB. All right, we'll, we'll circle back to Patriots uh, later on in the night. But coming up next, Rob Bradford from the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast is going to join us, talk about Yamamoto and the rest of the Red Sox offseason. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI. Right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Celtics lost their first of a four-game road series last night to the Warriors. Steph Curry hit a soul-crushing three with 10 seconds left. Helped the Warriors pull off a come-from-behind win, 132 to 126 in overtime. Jalen Brown spoke after the game on the Celtics' struggles on the road. I mean, uh, I think just playing at home, playing in front of your home crowd in your own bed, I think that definitely helps. But, you know, teams on their home floor, they feel just as good as we do. Um, so tonight, uh, we took their best shot and came up short. 
Celtics in Sacramento tonight to take on the Kings. Tip-off at 10 p.m. Jason Tatum out with a left ankle sprain. Al Horford out for some rest. Luke Cornett out with a left adductor strain. Bruins also lost to the Minnesota Wild last night, 4-3 at the TD Garden. It was a back-and-forth affair that ended with Joel Erickson finding Kirill Kaprizov for a one-timer and the game-winning goal. Bruins, Bruins back on the ice Friday night when they'll be in Winnipeg to face the Jets. Puck drop at 8 p.m. Patriots continue to get ready to head to Denver. Take on the Broncos Sunday night, 8 p.m. Hunter Henry, Connor McDermott, Jabril Peppers, and Ramondre Stevenson did not participate in practice today. A few other players on limited participation. Those players included Christian Barmore, Juwan Bentley, Trent Brown, Jonathan Jones, Matthew Slater, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Jelani Tavai. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Key Show with Rob Bradford coming up. Remember, you can listen to WEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy WEI. It's a full tang Wednesday program. And joining us now in studio is the host of the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast, Rob Bradford. Bradfo, how are you, oh, sir? Oh, my goodness. Uh, how could I be any better? Yeah, that's true. I, I see Fitzy. Yep. I see you. Yep. And you both have your Baseball Isn't Boring t-shirts. Yeah, I'm excited about different this. Different colors. That's good stuff. Look at you. I'm thrilled that's about right. it. I have a whole bag of them. I'm like Santa. That is a nice gift. That's the gift this holiday uh, I'm, season. I'm the baseball isn't boring shirt. I'm Santa, although yeah. Santa did not lose 30 pounds thanks to Awaken 180. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Bradfo, so. you look like you're coming in in fighting shape. Well, thank you to the fine folks at Awaken 180. They always take care of me and, uh, and always a great place to go to reset things, which is exactly what I did, Fitzy. And there's always something to – it's always good when you have a goal. And my goal was I have a cruise. I have a cruise. Oh, big cruise coming up. Big cruise. Nelson Cruise. It's going to be the unveiling. <laughs> it's only retired sluggers. <laughs> it's called the Nelson Cruise. It's called Jose Cruz oh, Jr. Hold on. Let me write that down. <laughs> yep. what, that's Captain a- Captain Pete Incavillia. <laughs> the ideas are popping. Yep. There we go. Uh, yes, wow. that's where the uh, abs will be unveiled. <laughs> when are you going to that? How long out is that? What's the cruise? Oh, up? Uh, a couple days after Christmas. Oh, exciting. I nice. said to my wife, I said, listen, this baseball is a boring yeah. thing. It's a grind. I have a feeling you are going to be day two on said cruise and that is when Yamamoto is finally going to sign. I don't sign. care. Okay, it doesn't fair matter. enough. I'll yeah, be, in be without I'll, Wi-Fi. I'll be yeah. in Bimini wherever that is. I don't even know where it is, now, but I'm going to be there. Last week when you were on the program, you <clears throat> said that next Tuesday... Yeah. You really highlighted Tuesday that we're going to know a lot more about Yamamoto on Tuesday. Can I take you behind the, cur- can <laughs> yeah, I take could you you behind the curtain Please. of that? Yeah. So today... Today, this morning, today's Wednesday. No, today's yeah, Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, right? This morning, uh, I had on Alex Cora on yes. the Baseballs and Boring podcast. The original plan was to have Alex Cora on Tuesday. Got it. Now, the reason was was because Alex Cora, quote unquote, said to me, "We'll probably have something done by Tuesday." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Alex. I mean, yeah, I think it was more generalities, but yeah. that's that's the type of information and sources we're dealing with. They've had nothing. They've, they've done, had nothing, they've nothing, and it's not his fault. Everyone's just waiting on Yamamoto, right. uh, and, uh, and everyone's waiting on Yamamoto. They put so it on what the are we supposed here. to believe, Bradfoe? Are we supposed to believe that the Red Sox are just a pawn in the entire game and that he, it's really just down to the two New York teams and it's going to be Cohen versus Steinbrenner in a bidding war? I don't. My hunch, and this is all breadcrumbs, Fitzy, right? We're just following the breadcrumbs. 
and hoping that it leads to a big loaf of bread, which it hasn't. And the I think my gut is that the Red Sox are on the outside looking in. I do know this. The Red Sox, I don't think financially it's a financial thing. I really don't. I think the Red Sox were willing to go to the levels that they know that was going to be needed in this case. And and I think that's probably good for the Red Sox followers because if it, if it was, oh, you know, we offered – 200 million when it was 300 million no i think they understand it's probably going to be 300 million or something like that but but still i can't get past i asked core about this i said i flat out i said well does it matter that he didn't go to fenway park and he went to steve cohen's house and he went to <laughs> yankee stadium oh. and he's like i can't confirm or deny he went to yank or oh, fenway park God. but you know and he went on to see the reasons why red sox are still mm-hmm. attractive but I can't get past the Red Sox lot in life right now when it comes to that stuff. It, it, this isn't the old Red Sox. No. You, don't, you don't have the drawing cards. Like, if you're going to put, if you're going to have someone getting on a Zoom call, who is the person you're putting on the Zoom call from the Red Sox? Is probably not Dever. Is, I it, mean, Dever's your best player, but maybe. I get your point. Like, I don't know if he's going to yeah. be the guy that so, sells the I, team. I don't know oh, if you the, know. The, I, the Mookie and the Freeman and the Otani showing uh, up. Uh, that's kind of tough to top right there. Right? That, I mean, that, like, even yeah. the, the Phillies had Bryce Harper come in. Yeah. You know, the... the, the oh, excuse the, me, the, Mr. Yankees Yamamoto, Judge please say hello awesome. to Rob Refsnyder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I, hey, I don't know if you know this, Yamamoto, but your best friends with Yoshida... By the way, your best friends are Yoshida. Oh, and by the way, yeah, I don't know if you know Yoshida, this, yeah. Marwin Gonzalez, who you played with last year, played for the Red Sox and has great baseball instincts. What, he played nine games with the Sox? Uh, I don't know. He's not going to help the, the, the He's not going to help Marwin the Gonzalez, you know, if they won the World Series, he would have got a ring. Uh, so. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's uh, I think that that is the part which we can't ignore. And it, it, it's I think it's the same thing with the Giants. The Giants are fighting that. I think they're ready to spend the money, but it's the giants you know it's it's the city of yeah. san francisco and and maybe but when you have the dodgers the mets and the yankees and by the way the mets and the yankees talk to any of the new york riders they've never had this they've never had the mets and the yankees competing with each competing other on a for guy? a massive guy like this uh which congratulations to the yamamoto family for that yeah they do have that going for it, it just seems like there's no chance because we try figuring like what would be the reason to play here? And it, I guess the money, but there's no way they outbid somebody else. Like I don't, I don't see the Red Sox going to a. They might go to a number that is in the ballpark. They might go to a number that matches. But do you see them like when Dave Dombrowski bid on David Price and he went way high and got him? Yeah, over 40, 40 million more than the next one. Would the Red Sox mm-hmm. do that? Would they go forty million? I more can't than the imagine Mets? because yeah, because when Steve Cohen gets wind of it, he's going to be like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. All right, let me sell a hat, like one yeah. percent of what my lowest stock. Tough guy to play poker with. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and and so I just don't, I can't imagine it. And you're also the Otani thing. You had Otani had choices. I mean, this isn't this wasn't just about money. There was two other teams besides the Dodgers that accepted Otani's demands. Yet he picked the Dodgers. You know why? Because he has Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and this great farm system and this this fan base which is electric and alive. And and what they have to do for the Red Sox is sell. You're just going to have to trust us. There's not going to be the parade of Dodgers fans coming down Lansdowne. Yeah, You're going to have to trust us. There's not going to be the dollar tickets for, for the Yankees. It's going to get better. Where these other teams, 
even the Yankees. I mean, we just got Soto. That yeah. for, if you're here for a year, that's okay because it's going to be an awesome year. Yeah, they're going for it in that year. Yeah. yeah I, I, whatever happened to being able, I guess, no longer is, is the sell job, Rob, about helping end the curse and the city loves baseball so much and you'll never feel more passionate and electricity than you will at Fenway Park. You know, four World Series championships seems to have, I wouldn't say dampened the region's enthusiasm, but seems to have allowed complacency to slip into the day-to-day operations and machinations of Fenway Sports Group. The Patriots took over. Now Boston is sort of like uh, lost for who the top team really is. This is a citywide problem, and it's a Red Sox problem because they're dangerously close a week before Christmas of being an also-ran in a season that doesn't even first pitch for another three and a half months. Well, and a couple things. Number one, you know, when Kenley came on the podcast in September, he said, now players get over-emotional and, and everything else, but we love it. But what he said I thought was resonated, which is Boston should be a city of stars. Mm-hmm. And right now, for the, 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 the Patriots and the Red Sox, it's so far from that. It just is. And if you want an example, I'll be at Winter Weekend. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great shows, a lot of fun. Is John Henry going? That's who knows. Yeah, I would say no. Yeah. I would, after last year, it hasn't gotten any better. Yeah, I mean, but the list of players, all nice people. Yeah. But the even the players where you said this is semi interesting players, Chris Sale, Brian Bayo, Rafi Devers, not on the list. And I mean those are I remember where different things, whether it was winter weekend where you're just like, I can't wait, we can't wait to talk to that guy. Or oh, even yeah, oh, how about, multiple or how guys. about this? You guys remember this. The picnic tables. Down, oh, that's down, huge. down at Fort Myers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember when Nomar is going to get on the picnic table and Pedro is going to yeah, get on the picnic table or whoever. Or the, the, and obviously Ortiz was the built-in picnic table mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. And now oh, who are we waiting to get on the picnic table? It's uh, tough. Uh, I'm going to Twin Peaks. I'll Not see much. you in like in three weeks. Tristan Casas, he's a, he's a, he's a good he's, player. He's, he's a, a curious, good player. Guy, a curious yeah, individual. He's a... <laughs> Trying to sell it, sure I don't know. Because yeah. he's going to be sunning, sunning topless. Yeah, he'll be topless. So, yeah, why not right. do some yoga routine? I mean, if you can interview him why he's sunning topless, then there you go. That's you con- Now, that's content. That's true. There's you, some content. You need that. <laughs> so where does Craig Breslow, and I'll, not to be a, a downer, but when they don't get Yamamoto, what is Breslow's first move? Because he's holding up Yamamoto. is not Breslow. Yamamoto's holding up yeah. all the other pitchers and probably really all the other players who haven't signed yet. So as soon as Yamamoto picks his team, who does Craig Breslow call? I think Jordan Montgomery has to be at the top of the list. I rather, I, uh, I, I'm in the minority. I, I, <laughs> I actually like great. Blake Snell better. So oh, I'm glad you brought up Blake oh. Snell. So I've been doing a little dig on Blake Snell because I don't want to be the guy don't think that, too deep. that... That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So the... So people got all hot at me when I was like going through Trevor Story's numbers when they signed him, and they're like, "Oh, you're just trying to be negative." Like, not really. Like, he was really good at Coors Field, not so good everywhere else, and all this other stuff. Anyway, Blake Snell has won two Cy Youngs, so you would lead with that. The guys won two Cy Youngs. Yeah. He's coming off a of Cy Young. Outside of those seasons, it's a lot of injury, a lot of missed time, a couple of ERAs in the fours. Like, he's good. But it's not like when they got Chris Sale, who was just perennial Cy Young candidate, or even Price. I know we crap on Price now, but Price was like a perennial Cy Young guy. Blake Snell won two Cy Youngs. It's the only years he's ever even gotten a Cy Young vote. Like, I feel like that I, uh, could be okay. not money well spent. Not that I'm worried about the money. I just feel like, right. or bang for your buck is I guess what I Counterpoint mean. Counterpoint yeah. is that I would suggest that maybe he has figured things out as he's gotten a little bit older. Obviously, last year was a really, really good year for him. 
Um, he's done it in the American League East, so I don't care what market he pitched in for a home team. He's done it in the American League East. Right. And these other guys that you're talking about, so when we talk about, well, who's going to be the guy at the picnic table, even if they get the guys we're talking about, these aren't – I got the Jordan Montgomery ticket. You oh, know? God, no, you're not bringing in Pedro no, or Schilling no, or but, those guys. but that's yeah. sort of – Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. That, that it is what it is because you need pitching. You're going to become a better team if you get pitching. So th- that that's what they're going to have to live with. They're going to only get their brand back by winning. Yeah, that's right. it. That's it. Mm. There's not like a personality even out there. Although Blake Snell, I guess, is kind of. I think Blake <laughs> Snell is, is of, of all the guys that we're talking about, yeah. this is the guy. But, you know, there's, there's another Japanese pitcher, Shota Imanaga, who isn't as good as Yamamoto. Is but he the he, professor Bradfoe? Is that what they call him? I, we, I, as far as I know, I'll take it. <laughs> Stole I that from I the N1 no mixtape kid? That guy's awesome. No, I think they call him the pitching professor or something. He's got like a fancy nickname. He looks like, uh, honestly, the comp would be when I watched I watched some of his cut-ups was like uh, Japanese Barry Zito, which could be highly effective as well. I, I but would also, take, yeah. I think I'll he pitches take. to a lot of contact. I, I think that they, they just need pitchers, man. Like, they just need, and once again, that's not going to sell tickets, but you need to get better. No, but improve the team. Yeah. Like, that's, that, they you have need, to do you that. need to have a, a few pitchers who you know can pitch five or six innings, which they just didn't have. Yeah. And the problem even with Montgomery is you need a good defense behind you. This is what everyone in Texas says. Said, well, okay, well, How's that working out for you? Endeavors is still going to be playing third base. So there's no easy solutions. But I just think that at the end of the day, we I, I still give Breslow a pass until these guys start coming off the board. Because I, I think at the you have to just get uncomfortable. And that's what Haim never did. He no, never got no. uncomfortable when it came to trades or or when it came to free agent signings. You are going to have to pay a price that you just don't want to pay for for whether it is trades or free agents. Because if you don't, you're going to have this game of musical chairs for these pitchers, and you're going to be standing there, you know, without a chair. So we talked during the season a lot about how all right, Brian Bayo is at least the guy that you want in your rotation next year. And so if Brian Bayo is like your number three, like okay, maybe now you have a pretty good rotation. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, how many other guys are available that if they signed him, you would say, yep, better than Bayo? No, nobody. Probably nobody, nobody. right? Like, so it's, well, that it's, was the, at, the, at the trade deadline when they asked about Dylan Cease. The White Sox said, yeah, we want a package that includes Bayo. And they're like, we wouldn't even trade Bayo for Dylan Cease. So, and that's fair. I mean, I, I, I get that. I think that. There are some guys that can help you. Like Lucas Giolito, to me, is a sleeper. I, I would If they sign Lucas Giolito, I'm His like, value's got to be kind of down at this yeah, point, right? Yeah, because he, he stunk for the last couple of months, but yeah. he was good before that. I oh, like, man, tell Fenway Johnny's to start tapping into <laughs> yeah. those kegs now. I know. The place is going to be a <laughs> I know. There goes ass to elbow. I know. My God. Yeah. But you know, Gio, we got Giolito. <laughs> you know what's sad, though, Fitzy, is that, is that I, went to, I went to L.A. in the middle of September. And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I re- this reminds me what it's like, what the fan base oh, is yeah, like. Like, like a good buzz. And then I went to yeah. Philadelphia. During, in, oh, they for, were crazy for the playoffs really and wild. And and Cora actually talked about this today on the podcast. He's we talked about having to. He he admitted that it's this has to change because he knew what Fenway used to be. And the best way that I can explain it was what the Phillies fans. What I saw the Phillies fans, which was a fan base. 
that was going to basically impact what was happening on the field. Not seeing yeah. how far we could, like, Texas fans, let's see how far we could get the decibel level mm-hmm. up. No, the Philly fans were, hey, we are going to torture. We're going to go out to the bullpen. We're going to taunt you while you're warming up. We're going to taunt you at every step of the way. We're going to get as close to you as possible. As in, and that's how the Red Sox fans really used to be. And it became so far from that. And I'm not even talking about at the end of the year. I'm talking about throughout. It became more yeah. of a uh, of an ap- uh, apathetic tourist attraction. There was a game. I was at uh, one of the Braves games. Remember when they swept the Braves in that two-game series? Yes. There was some juice there. Now, it wasn't what you're talking about. But well, I think still... when you're in the middle of it, you're it's it's a cool place to be. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, people are enthusiastic. It's one of the better crowds. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about... Just this, hey, a perfect example. When the Yankees came in, it doesn't it shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should just be ready, just to just to absolutely. And the best crowd, guys, that I have ever seen in my entire life at Fenway Park was that one Yankees wild card game. It wasn't even, and everybody said the same thing. That yeah. was and hot. It was, yeah, it was a combination. I love the one game wild card, by the way. Yeah, like, why wow. they got rid do of that? Do or die is the best. That's what you do if you're going to add the extra wild card teams or whatever. Like, just do it. Well, that th- way, think but. about why that was because it was a, it was the perfect storm. Yeah, you had basically a built-in game seven. You had the Yankees, which is, you know, oh my so, goodness, you have a playoff game against the Yankees. You have the Yankees fans coming in, and on top of everything. Else, in 2021, you had this weird demographic shift because they were giving away $9 tickets and and, inst- <laughs> and, and you had young people pouring beer on their face. I mean, that that video <laughs> after the Bogarts home run of the kid in the bleachers oh, celebrating yeah. just by pouring beer on his face. Yep. But that was everything about that was awesome. And then we go to what has happened now, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay. It's a nice place to be. Yeah. So two questions then, Brad Foe. Um, one about p- starting pitchers in a second. But do you think this is more about the fans being apathetic or complacent because there has been so much success this century? You know, like my father and my father's father never saw a World Series, and now we've seen four in less than a quarter century. Or is it ownership? And then – after that, are there any starting pictures you could see the Red Sox pursue via the trade route? Because Rich and I are both in love with the Corbin Burns. Yeah, Cor- yeah. To answer that question, Corbin Burns. I like Dylan Cease. I evidently don't, but I like him. Um, but Corbin Burns, the kid, Jesus uh, Lazardo is being. I mean, but this is going to cost the Marcelo Myers of the world, which is hey, if if that's what do it costs, a, do something. It, yeah. That's what it costs. But but I think that when it comes to why this is happening. It's I I actually the, with ownership from what I hear and the people I talk to ownership is allocated the money and I think this Yamamoto thing should be the example of this and I don't think they're as invested as they have been which is that's their right I mean they mm-hmm. got a lot of stuff going on as if long you're cutting the check as long like, as you're cutting the yeah. checks yeah. that's the most important thing so I don't think that's the problem I think really. The problem is this approach that they've been taking the last couple of years, which is we can fit all these pieces together and it's going to work, whereas a big part of this dynamic that has worked for so many years is you have to have players that people want to invest in. And when I say invest in, I mean monetarily, yeah. I mean emotionally, and, and there's a reason why they were panicking when they traded Mookie. And they were citing college ticket price uh, packages at the press conference because they knew... Well, who are we going to put? Who are the little kids 
what name are they put in the back of their jerseys? And and that's a cliche. And I've heard Andy talk about it with the Patriots. We were doing it yesterday for all seriousness with the Patriots. It's the same thing. And it's like I guess it's Gonzalez. He's probably your highest selling, but he's okay. not even playing right but, now. But you, you, I heard you guys drive it in. And when you said, uh, what's his name, the USC quarterback. Oh, uh, Caleb Williams. Williams. Caleb Williams. If you put a Williams number zero, oh like God. there you go. Forget it. There's, there's fly your, off the shelves. There's right your right. Otani deal. Right what is there. it? What is it now? What would be the three highest selling Red Sox for shirts? the Red Sox? Yeah. Ortiz, I mean, Dev, Williams, no. and Pedro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's you're it's rough. true though. I mean, it's 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 probably bets, you know. But but active players, Devers, Devers. I mean, De- Cassis, I think, will creep in there. Bayo will creep in there. Yoshida, maybe? Uh, Not even. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'll, Yoshida is, is a useful player, but no. I, I think that you have to find, start finding, and they're banking on their own guys being those guys. Believe me, they won't admit it, mm-hmm. but they're banking on Meyer, the Meyer jerseys, the Anthony jerseys, like these guys, which, by the way. Jaren Durant is an exciting player, right? I mean, that's, we'll see if that was a one-off or not. Yeah. But you say it's true, yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm still. I've told the story about the Otani, the first wave of Otani recruitment they have, where the Red Sox made up jerseys, Otani jerseys for the Bruins, Celtics, and Patriots to present to him. Uh, yet they never had a meeting with him. So, well, so too bad. Remember, Meanwhile, the Dodgers yeah. are showing a six-year-old Kobe Bryant video, I, I, and you're like, all right. Well, I, I, again, it was just like, <laughs> fair. like, this was the strategy. Probably good that you didn't meet with him. But, <laughs> but the good thing is, I I got a hold of uh, the Otani Bruins jersey, which I've tweeted out a trillion times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's. Yeah. That so that to answer your question, that is the most popular jersey, the fake Man. Otani Bruins jersey. Good lord! All right, what's your prediction for Yamamoto? Where what team does he go to? Uh, I think he goes to the Yankees. Man. You're welcome. And there you go, Fitzy. The <laughs> Yamasoto no. combo that we dreamed about for months. Not Yamasoto uh, yeah, goes yeah, to yeah. the New York Yankees. Uh, Fitzy, I, I missed like if, when we were celebrating. A, what was that? Opening day? Yankee Opening Stadium? day, uh, start of the 2022 season. Baseball is in boring shirts, talking to the fans, oh, mixing it so up, the it smell was, of peanuts yeah, was, and fresh uh, pine in the air. <laughs> create our own weather. Were we in the woods? Yeah. <laughs> pine tar. Pine tar. I'm sorry. It was the smell of the Bronx. That's right. It, it, motor oil and descent. It was great. Hey, I uh, I have this whole bag of baseballs and boring t-shirts. Love it. So I'm I'm giving you guys. I'm so happy that I finally got some to you guys. I know Fitzy. Appreciate Fitzy, it. I would give you another one if you were here. I'll be uh, there in two days. You can leave one for me. Size uh, large. Uh, perfect. Perfect. So go. you can go to uh, go to my yeah. Go to the um go to the uh at BB isn't boring to look the length of swing juice where they make them. By the way, big news in pr- production. Japanese baseballs and boring shirts and Dodgers colors. Tell me those ones. Wow. Those are, those are going to fly. And oh, of course. Brad Foe, if you've been listening to the station, they've been running a lot of the uh, ads for the holiday season about the sheer, like, barely naked negligees yes. and uh, ladies' undergarments. Yes. Baseball isn't boring, like, ba- nearly nude under, you know? Well, not, not al- along those lines, Fitzy, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just showed Rich the podcast, that we sh- the podcast that we did on Saturday. Which was interviewing the OnlyFans people who uh, who rented out the Marlins Park. There you go. And uh, yeah, and we uh, and they're all wearing baseballs and boring shirts. Look and at Fitzy, you're not able to breathe. And not much else. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, and that's it. I, I was Porky Pig style. I, I was gonna say. So I got this bag. So I feel like Santa. So I'm gonna go down the yard house at Fenway if anyone wants to meet me. And if you uh, love it, if you show me that you subscribe to the podcast, I'll give you a T-shirt. Very good. So go, go down to the yard house. Yeah, uh, Bradfo's on his way. Yeah, there you go. So basically, I'm paying for. A 
subscription. <laughs> Pretty much. But just subscribe to it. It's free. And then it's you get free. a free shirt. And you, you yeah. know, get a beer. And you have a, yeah. you have a hell of a and, and, Wednesday. And baseball's the big winner. All right. So do that. And uh, also check out the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. And the most recent episode has Alex Cora mm. on there. So uh, definitely a reason to check that one out. He's Brasco. lost 30 pounds, by the way. Has he really? Yeah. Can he play second base again? He actually said he's four pounds off his playing weight. So let's get him back there. I said best second baseman they have. Yeah, well, yeah but he didn't do a wake in one eighty. He's that's just anxiety. No, and he, he was explaining to <laughs> yeah. he was explaining like some weird app. It was like uh, like you have all this technology with the Red Sox and you're oh, relying God. on a fitness app. Come on, ridiculous. Good. All right, yeah. we got our uh, Would You Rather Wednesday coming up next here on WEEI. If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Show with Fitzy WEEI. Thanks once again to Rob Bradford for the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast for stopping by, giving us t shirts. Also, another reason to check out his podcast, Alex Cora was on today. It's always interesting to hear Cora, especially when he's asked about, you know, Yamamoto and Otani. Just sort of hear what he says, hear what he has to say about it. He can't be loving the state of his team, but maybe not freaking out yet, right? It's still a lot of offseason left to go. Fitzy, mm-hmm. we'll see if they, uh, are able to pivot and get Snell or Montgomery, but that seems to be, to me, quite a drop-off. But also, that's kind of it for the safety net. Because then after that, it is guys like Lucas Giolito and others that you're like, all right, like they're in the rotation, but like you're not excited about them and they're not markedly better than Brian Bayo anyway. Okay, so let's say... Because the Red Sox seem to be big believers in the talent they currently have on the roster, right? Sure. So yep. let's say you get... Uh, one positional player that comes up from the minors, one pitcher who comes up from the minors, both of whom make a reasonable impact in 2024. You have good health on the opening day roster and rotation and bullpen, which they didn't have last year. Uh, given how good the rest of the American League East is, Rich, how much better do you think the 2024 Sox perform than 23? Five, six, seven Yeah, games? they might win a few more games, but they're still in last place. Last place. Not like, yeah. oh, missed the playoffs. Like, last place. Because the Orioles are bringing back their young guns. Now, say whatever you want about Kimbrel, but they got a closer, and they also are promoting some of the best prospects in all of baseball. So whether they're hit or miss, there's just so many of them that the Orioles mm-hmm. are going to be great. The Blue Jays, I've always liked their roster. They've always kind of uh, underachieved, but still it's at a number where they're better than you. The Yankees got Juan Soto and maybe Yamamoto. And the Tampa Bay Rays somehow, some way, are always just nasty. So I would say the Red Sox are still the uh, in the basement. What did the Rays get back in return for uh, Glasnow? Like, didn't they get like the oh. two best Dodgers prospects? Those so guys again, will probably be studs. Yep, yep. they're just yep. absolutely just replenishing their their young, talented, under yep. underpaid personnel. Yep, hundred percent. All right, quick. Do. Would you rather Wednesday questions for you with the Patriots taking on the Broncos? It led me to this yes. uh, for their career. For their career, not like on the Patriots now. I'm just like, for their career, would you rather have John Elway or Peyton Manning? Uh, I'll go John Elway. Yeah. You know, it's funny because John Elway entered the league uh, in the same way that Eli Manning entered the league, where he was the number one pick in the draft, cried, pouted, didn't want to go there, threatened to go play baseball, which Eli didn't do, but then, you know, got out of there. 
But then he also had a career similar to Peyton where he would get to the big game and lose it, get to the big game and lose mm-hmm. it, and then ultimately uh, won a couple. And so I think it's super close because, like, they have a lot of similarities in there, you know. And, like, you can't just look at the counting numbers because I think the game kind of changed. Like, Peyton's going to blow him out of the water in some of those. But just straight uh, up, I think I might lean with you on on Elway. Uh, I and I don't even like him. I don't like either guy personally, but. Yeah, I may almost walk it back, though, because Elway did get his two only once Terrell Davis just came out of absolutely nowhere and That's set true. the NFL world on fire. But Peyton, Peyton Manning's Manning, second one was all defense. It was Von Miller right, and DeMarcus Right, Ware. right, 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 right. right. Um, and the first one, I mean, yeah, he earned it against the Patriots in that AFC championship, but also a couple of calls and a little bit of flu went a long way. Sure did. Peyton Manning won a pile of MVPs, though, whereas I think yeah. Elway only won one. MVP. All right, fine. I'll revert. I'll go Manning. I guess it probably is Manning. I, just don't, yeah. I hate to say it, but. All right, the uh, Celtics should play on the Kings tonight, and uh, they'll get to see DeMontis Sabonis, who's having a hell of a season once again. Would you rather, in a rare win-win trade in basketball history or sports history, would you rather have Sabonis or Tyrese Halliburton after two years ago they made that swap? You know what? I think I would go with Sabonis because I feel like uh, he's a, a a tad more unique, and I, th- I feel like that kind of player would fit in well on this Celtics. We've seen how good they've been with Porzingis. He's not Porzingis, but uh, I like his length. I like his game. I love Halliburton, too. Don't get me wrong. I love yeah. his moxie. If I could swap out Halliburton for one of the current Celtics that doesn't have that extra little edge, that pop that he has, I would, but I'll take Sabonis. Yeah, I think maybe on the Celtics, I would agree with you. I'd say Sabonis. Mm-hmm. In a vacuum, like starting a team, I would take Halliburton. Even though both Correct. like both are probably going to be all NBA players this year. Like they've been they've both been awesome. Uh Halliburton what a family, just like, the Sabonis. Seriously. Uh yes, this I forget why, but on Twitter the other day, some of his dad's highlights just like popped up. So there I am like an idiot sitting there watching three minutes of Arvita Sabonis throw behind the back passes when he was like 50 years old playing what for the Blazers. What an absolute passing wizard that yeah. man was. And he was so wide and he would just stand there and guys would try to defend him and they got like their arms on him and he would just like like bounce packs behind his back like every time and just do like a cutting. Look at his numbers, Rich. 19 points, 12 and a half rebounds, seven, a, a big man, a six yeah. foot ten guy. Do you like his dad. He could pass. Oh, and by the way, he's shooting 58%. Yes, the bonus is also chucking in 40% from three. He doesn't take that many, but when he does, he's shooting better than everybody but like White and Hauser on the Celtics. Oh, Meanwhile, man. Halliburton takes a ton of threes and guess what he also does? Makes a ton of them. <laughs> He's averaging 43% from three, Halliburton, this year. 12 assists a game. I think that still leads the league. Like, these guys are both studs. Like, normally, if one team traded one of them, they'd be, like, kicking themselves. But they're both probably pretty happy with the trade. I'm fascinated by it for some reason because it never yeah, works out that way. Interesting. Yeah. All right, would you rather, Fitzy, be home alone or lost in New York? Oof. At, at Kevin McAllister's age or now? How about at your age, but you're still in some peril? So they're still they're coming after you. I don't know why. Right, I, don't, I didn't write the whole backstory, but let's say they're coming after you. So you can either kind of like booby trap your house, or like you're kind of in, in the big city. Uh, given my familiarity with the city, someplace I was just last night, even True. Uh, I would prop. I would. Pro- <laughs> hey, I'll have both of you know. I got stopped at the Union Square Holiday Market and was told, you ready for this? I almost called in to tell you and Hart live right after it happened, like, hey, are you Fitzy from WEEI? I was like, 
I'm shopping in on fifth, I'm on Fifteenth Street and Fifth <laughs> Avenue. Why is someone stopping me? Like it's like oh, I listen all the time. Yeah, I love you, Keith. Yeah, six rings. Reach. I was like, you kidding me? Well, did anyway, you, speaking, I'll of take that, New York. speaking of the small world stories, uh, I was telling, uh, I was talking on Dork about how I'm going to L.A. in like uh, May for like a weekend, and nice. uh, a guy tweets in or he emails me with a list, a tiered list of mm-hmm. all of the breweries in and around L.A. to go visit. Love it. Out. He's like, oh, I heard you going to L.A. He's like, I used to live in Boston. I would drink all the same stuff that you always talk about. Now I'm in L.A. At first I couldn't find anything, and now here's like a ton of breweries to check out. I'm like, okay, very good. So, yeah, you never know. Listeners everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Is the That's a, of the I'll take Lost in New York because also yeah. I feel like there, there's a potential for strength in numbers, whereas if it's me against the Wet Bandits, I'm picking the wet bandits. Yeah, also, wet bandits. I don't trust Nick with tools, so I'm not sure how many booby traps he would be able to. Wouldn't be able to rig up, up the house yeah, in the same not, way yeah. that. I get it. All right, two hours down, two hours to go. <laughs> we have a new segment. I, I the soft name for it right now is fired up Fitzy because Stiz he was fired up. He was fired up today. You got people coming at him on uh, on was this X or is this Instagram? Yep, it's X, on the X on the Twitter machine. All right, so we will get to why Fitzy's all fired up. Plus, our buddy uh, Justin Turpin, who covers the seas for WEEI.com, will join us at 830. So go nowhere here on WEEI.